to continue to finance this ourselves. It's not easy. It's a hard decision to make. Every month or two when we put more money into the business, we're like, okay, here we go again. We saved ourselves funded, but we didn't have like tens of thousands of dollars to just throw into this business. We did it month to month. And what can we afford? And what needs to be cut out? Or what do we need to do ourselves? A lot of the work was done ourselves because we didn't want to put the money towards hiring someone to do it. So. It's not like you need a ton of money right off the bat, although that I'm sure is very, very helpful, but doing it a little bit at a time, and maybe it slowed our process down a little bit, but I don't know that it did, because in that time period, I think we also got to learn a lot about the business, about the industry. Welcome to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast where we interview a large spectrum of entrepreneurs that have started their businesses later in life. Learn, be inspired, and get motivated by their stories so that you can take your life's experiences and turn them into your next venture. And now your hosts, Robert Erie Artboard and Stephanie O'Dell. Welcome everyone to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast. And today we have one of our co-contributors once again, Stephanie O'Dell, and she interviewed Christy and Grace of Ah Voila. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear today? Sure. Welcome back to Happy um, 2023. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, Yeah, Grace and Christy are this team that came together to create a face oil because they personally were going through some skin changes as they were aging. And again, you know, we've told these stories before and we've heard these stories about having a problem and not being able to find a solution and just taking it upon themselves to figure it out. They come from a marketing and creative background. So yeah, it's a really interesting conversation about learning how to ask for help where you don't have the knowledge and the skill and really use the skills that you have to grow a business and build a business. Yeah, and like you said, once again, it's one of these situations where there was a need. They were looking for skin products. They couldn't find anything they liked. And the the second part of this is that they used their experience of the advertising and marketing, and especially they had this one client, a pharmaceutical client, where they did a lot of pharmaceutical advertising, which forced them to do a lot of research. And that path of doing research really helped them on this new product line. Yeah. And they also, um, the other thing that I love about Christy and Grace and the women, the older women that are starting businesses, is that they're collaborating and they're partnering with other brands. So they're not thinking, that they're the only game in town, but they're they're looking, how can we work together to get our message and our products out there? So I think, um, you know, I think as we age, one of the things that I'm learning from having conversations is this competitiveness kind of starts to fade away and this collaborative feeling of wanting to work together starts to emerge. So they've really, they're part of this conscientious beauty pop-up that's been happening and it's gathering clean beauty together to, to kind of, get that message out there and work together. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I found interesting was, uh, you know, every time you start a business, you have to talk about financing. Like, how do they finance this? And Christy was talking about going to an incubator and they talked to some investors, but you know, they realized they didn't want to give up so much equity of their business. So they were self-funded and it's not as though they had just had thousands of dollars to throw away. So, in the process they had to do like a monthly budget and every month they would decide what was important for that month 
And during this whole process, it taught him patience. And during that patient, the, the time where you have to be patient, you learn more about what it takes to run the business, which I found very interesting. Yeah, I think also that looking at what, how we judge success, you know, is it based solely on dollars earned or is it based on really growing a business authentically and one that, in a way that they really felt was true to them? So yeah, I, I loved talking to them. I loved their product, especially a beautiful avocado oil that I got the chance to use. So I'm excited for people to listen in and learn more about their product and how they founded it. And I, I just love the steps that they took to get to where they are now. So let's listen to what they have to say. Well, welcome to Brand 50. I'm Stephanie O'Dell with Celebrate the Gray, and I'm thrilled to be here today with Christy and Grace, the founders of Avoila. And I was thrilled that you sent me a sample or, and I've been using it. I have super dry skin, so my skin is drinking it up. Um, <laughs> so I'm really excited to talk to you about how this came to be, um, how you found each other. I know you were in the advertising world, marketing world, and you pivoted and started your own brand. And this is not an easy... Cosmetics is not an easy world to step into. And also clean cosmetics is another world not easy to step into. So welcome. Thrilled to have you both here today. And we're talking also about redefining in your 50s and beyond, um, 40s and beyond, and giving inspiration to other women, especially to think about the possibility of what mm -hmm. you can do. So welcome. And Thank let you. me um, let yourselves introduce yourselves and, and then we'll talk more about the company. Sure. Um, I'm Grace O'Sullivan. And I, you know, Christy and I have known each other for a really long time. We've both worked in advertising uh, for a long time. I was based in New York on the East Coast and she was based on the West Coast. And we loved working together. We just, you know, happened to cross paths uh, a few times. It makes sense that we're here with this uh, with this new business uh, together, doing what we love to do. And I'm Christy Hunston, and uh, I am a mom. I live in Park City, Utah. I uh, love skincare. I love working on this brand with Grace, and I'm so happy to be talking to you today, Stephanie. Well, tell us, so you're in the advertising world and you said you work together. So what does that mean? Are you at the same company or are you client and, um, <laughs> and partner, you know, we partner? worked at the same company twice, which is really amazing. So we worked at two different advertising agencies together. I was more on the business marketing strategy side and Grace was always my creative director partner. And so we had a really nice working relationship. We, we solved problems together. We worked with clients well together. And that was one of the things that really motivated us to leave that world and um, start Avola. So that's a big... Yeah, and I think... I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to jump in and say, you know, I think it's really funny that we were both sort of working on opposite coasts before, um, you know, telecommunication right. was a big thing in business. So we knew how to work together in different locations and different time zones. So being able to make that, it made that transition much easier to start a business together on different coasts. And what kind of products were you working on while you were in the advertising world? Any, any skincare well, products or... No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, when I was, a, I started out as a graphic designer, then an art director and a creative director. And I kind of 
fell into um, pharmaceutical advertising. And, you know, that's where Christy and I really met. And the interesting thing about that, Christy and I have been in so many meetings together where we've had to understand the mechanism of action for these, you know, pharmaceutical medications so that we can communicate them to to patients and to the, you know, to our audiences and, you know, really dig down and understand these studies. And I think, I think it helped us so that we, we are much more sort of research driven and research focused as sort of, you know, advertising marketers. Okay. So you're, you're working together. When's the aha moment or when's the moment? I know you both had skincare issues. And so that maybe was the common thread that you started talking. I mean, how does starting a business together happen? Yeah. You know, I think both of us were on the search for something else. Like we both were feeling unfulfilled, no longer so passionate about what we were doing. We were both very successful in our careers. And so that kept us going. Right. That also made it a little bit harder to step away from something, but we just weren't enjoying the work anymore. It was more frustrating than enjoyable. And yeah. so we would often have conversations about what was next for each of us. And I'll let Grace tell the story about how Avoila really came about because it it really came from one of her personal stories. So I'll pass it over to Grace. Sure. Yeah. Before I jump into that though, Christy and I started also, I think both having an interest in, in natural products right? Natural ingredients. So we're both, you know, in pharmaceutical advertising, but, you know, our personal interest was really about clean and, you know, my skin issues, I had, I probably have better skin now than I ever have, which is crazy because <laughs> I'm 55, but I had a lot of eczema issues and a lot of, you know, dry skin, irritated skin, really reactive to whatever I use. And I loved skincare. I loved products. I wanted to try things and nothing was good for my skin. And I had a really bad reaction. It was stress-induced reaction where I had red, you know, all over my eyes and my mouth and nothing felt good on my skin. And so I went to my kitchen because I was desperate and I took my organic avocado oil mm. and I did a little online research. Cause right. That's what I, that's what we do. And I'm like, can I use avocado oil on my skin? And, you know, I learned in my, you know, little bit of research that it actually is really good for your skin. So I kind of started using that and it felt really good. So I would put some in my, you know, in my cabinet in my bathroom and start using that. And I told Christy about it. And that was really the the sort of aha moment of wow, we should we should do something about this. Yeah. And, and we looked around in the market at the time, and this was about 2017, to see if there was a, a, a skincare product that was clean, that used avocado oil as its hero ingredient. And we couldn't really find much, at least any brands that were really communicating the avocado oil component to their um, to their products. So for us, it really felt like there was an opportunity to bring a product like this to the market, mm-hmm. a product that not only we would love, but that we could share, you know, the benefits of avocado oil plus the other ingredients with, with others. So you understand the how to push your product out, how to market, the strategize, but how do you formulate and where do you start? Uh, you have avocado oil, you know, that's a hero ingredient, but then mm-hmm. how yeah. do you start? There's many women sitting out there that, you know, have their own little mixture that they do for themselves. And it's like, 
you know, it's one thing yeah. to have your own avocado oil in your bathroom, but it's a whole mm-hmm. nother to formulate. Right. Yeah. Yes. And we weren't botanists. We aren't herbalists. We aren't estheticians. Like we, like we said, we don't have that background. So the first thing we did is start the search for a cosmetic uh, formulator that okay. could fit together. So it's basically a cosmetic chemist. And we were looking for somebody that was independent uh, versus connected to a manufacturer, because if they were independent, that meant that we could own our formula. A lot of the manufacturers hold on to the ownership, oh, okay. product, which we were not interested in because then we're just paying them to create our product. Right. And it, wait, can I stop you for one second? So how do you know that? Is that just, you start asking questions, you start putting it out in the universe. Like we want to formulate, we want to make this and people, and this is one of the things I, I have found mm-hmm. is people are very um, happy to collaborate, not collaborate, but to give advice and help at this stage in our lives. At least that's what I found. So did you find that also? Somewhat. I think it's really interesting in this space. We had a friend who did have some connections with manufacturers and formulators. So that was super helpful. But one thing we have found in this industry, this is the only thing that's difficult. People do not share their formulators or manufacturers. Oh. And I don't know why they hold it so close to their hearts, um, but they do. So, you know, we started having the conversations with various people that we knew could do what it is we were looking to do. So we started those conversations. And at the same time, we started looking into the ingredients that, you know, we wanted to consider. So sea buckthorn oil, Camilla oil, tea oil, all of these things that we wanted to explore. We wanted to fully understand the benefits of the product or of the ingredient. And also if there were any potential side effects and also like what kind of skin is it good for? And so um, we did extensive research on that. So when we finally hired a chemist, we had a lot of notes to give them about what we wanted to consider using. And how long a process was that? It was probably six months or so. It took a while to feel really comfortable handing over this project to somebody. And And are you, sorry to interrupt you, but it's so interesting to me. Are you working still at this point or have you both left your jobs? We, we left our jobs. Okay. Yeah. We tried in the beginning to do both. And I was a, a mom of a young child. My son was about three and I was working 50, 60 hours a week. And so to work that much and to be a good mom, yeah. I just am not, I wasn't, I, I'm not the person that can stay up all night, then working on a passion project and do everything over again the next day. So yeah. I, I reached the point where I need, I, I really wanted to leave my job and make this my, my project. And what about you, Grace? What was your situation? Yeah. A little bit of a different situation. I, I left my job similarly because I was overwhelmed, but I also had um, some personal issues to deal with. So my, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. So he was starting some really intense treatment. My dad was also fighting cancer and it just didn't seem like I could do my big corporate job and put my energy towards my family. So I decided I was going to start a little marketing agency mm. at the time and just take on a few clients. Okay. Kind of, you know, scale down a little bit and do what I can handle and do what I, um, what I knew, but on a smaller scale. And that's where I was able to also balance, you know, kicking off of voila. So you did have a small marketing company 
Yeah, from- it's actually now the main business for my husband and I. So oh, um, nice. Yeah, we still we still are working on that as well. Great. All right. So you find a formulator, and is this a woman? Is it a man? Is it a man? It's a man. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I thought it was interesting as well. Yeah, but it was a man, and he was very. Like, it was important to us that we could find someone that was willing to educate us through the process, since it was the first time we were doing it. So he was patient. He was informative. He was understanding when I would call and say, "I'm just not sure about this," you know, whatever this yeah. was. And he was a great partner for us to really learn and create our first formula. And, and I have to say, part of Christie's brilliance um, in, in in a, being a partner is that she finds amazing people to work with. So we, you know, that is really part of what she does. She attracts these people who have the same sort of values. And it was important to us. We, when we started, we said, you know, we want to work with people that we, that we enjoy working with, you yeah. know, that have the same values as we do. And so we've really stuck to that. It's been part of our mission. So you find the formulator and how long a process is it to get the product to the point where it's what you want? Yeah, it probably took us another six months to get the product to where we wanted it. And it's so funny looking back now when we, so not only did we find a formulator in the beginning, but we were also talking to potential manufacturers, right? We were talking to both parties at the same time. And we kept saying to the manufacturers, we'd like to launch in one year. We know we can do it. We're going to launch (laughs) in a year. And they kept saying, you know, you can do it but it's really hard. It's going to be really hard to, you know, have your product manufactured within a year's time. And, and they even said, I think it most likely it's going to be two. Yeah. Right. We're like, we're like, no. <laughs> well, sometimes being naive about a situation can pay off, but maybe in this Definitely. case, they, they yeah. were, were they right about what they were saying? They were right. Yes. Exactly. And, yeah. and it really came down to not product development. It was not the product development that slowed us down. It was finding partners that we could trust. Because not only did we have to find a chemist, we needed to find a, um, a somebody that could fulfill an order of packaging. Like who is going to create these bottles? And we have to see samples of the bottles and we have to test them and we have to do all of this in addition to formulating and then eventually manufacturing. So in the end- And we also, sorry to jump in, we also, it was important to us to be um, certified organic. Mm -hmm. So that there was that certification took some time and to find a manufacturer who also was, uh, whose establishment was certified organic and was organic through this process. So we, we had some things that we needed to check off our list that were important to us that we weren't willing to compromise on. Let me ask you, and and this is a question I'm sure everybody that's sitting listening, okay, this is all great. I could do everything they're doing up to this point. Finance, like how are you financing this? Is it self-funded? Did you get an investor, take out a loan? What did you do? It's self-funded. Yeah, Yeah. it's self-funded. And we talked last year. So last year was our second full year. Yeah. Last year was our second full year on the market. And we started talking to a gentleman that runs an incubator uh, in the Salt Lake area, which is, you know, where I'm located. And we were interested in starting to look for investors. And so that's why we had those conversations. In the end, 
our last task was really to put together a budget. And this is kind of what we would do with our money if we were to get money and this is how we're going to use it. And these are the goals and all these things. And we looked at the budget at the end and we said, this is not worth giving up complete mm. control of our yeah. business for, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't, we weren't yeah. asking for millions, although I would love that. We weren't asking for that. Um, yeah. We were asking yeah. for a small amount that we felt like, okay, well, we can cut some of this stuff out of the budget and so, to continue to finance this ourselves. It is, uh, it's not easy. It's a hard decision to make. And it's every month or two, when we put more money into the business, we're like, okay, here we go again. You know? Yeah. yeah. And that's what I was going to jump in and say is that, you know, we save ourselves abundant, but we didn't have like tens of thousands of dollars to just throw into this, uh, this business. We did it month to month. We said, yeah. what do we need this month? And what can we afford? And what needs to be cut out? Or what, what do we need to do ourselves? You know, yeah. A lot of the work was done ourselves because we didn't want to hire someone or couldn't have, didn't want to put the money towards hiring someone to do it. So it's not like you need a ton of money right off the bat, although that I'm sure is very, very helpful, but doing it a little bit at a time, and maybe it slowed our process down a little bit, but I don't know that it did because in that time period, I think we also got to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we got to learn about a lot about the business, about the industry. Um, it kind of gave us a little bit of a, of a chance. I think that if we had gotten all the money at once, I don't know. Yeah, I, where we I, I think that that's such a good statement. I, I feel that way about Celebrate the Gray, that people keep saying, oh, hire someone to do your website or do your social. But when you start giving that away, you start to lose the authenticity of the brand. Mm-hmm. But you also don't understand how those pieces of your business work. And yeah. to me, it was super important to understand and feel like the master of, it, of these things and be uncomfortable with having to learn it. It was almost for me in my 50s, now I'm 60, that that was a big part of business building for me was not knowing how to do it, but asking the right people, finding the right people to kind of collaborate or advise really gave me that confidence to grow the business as I did. So, and Mm -hmm. you have two of you, which is always so nice to find a partner in crime. I am desperate for a partner in crime. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it sounds like you work well together and you have the same ideals. And I love that you could look at your budget and figure out, okay, well, we we can push these things off and we're able to keep control of everything for yourselves at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, the point about having a partner, I would do it no other way, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because it's so great to have someone on the other end of the line that, you know, I can vent to, or we can, you know, we talk about every big decision that we make, we make together. And so just to have somebody, you know, to, to talk through all of that with is so amazing. And I think the work has two components to it. This work has two components as a founder. It's like, there's the business side and there's a lot to learn on the business side. But for me, it's also been a huge personal growth experience. So I have learned where my weaknesses are. I've learned what makes me feel not so confident about myself. And I can work on, you know, work on that confidence as a founder and in whatever area, you know, it is I'm working on it in in the business. So it's personal growth in addition to, you know, career growth, really. I, I always say the biggest thing I've learned in this whole journey is patience, which I feel like I never had before, but believing in the mission of what you're doing and knowing it may not be the time for that right now. 
mm-hmm. and it will mm-hmm. come later. But um, tell, okay, so you have the product, you've formulated it, you've got your bottle, you got your packaging. What's yeah. next? We felt we fell in love with it too. Like I just want to say that when we hit the the formulation that we did, we were like, okay, this is amazing, and you know, we weren't sure what the reaction was going to be with others. So, and, you know, in the beginning, it was everyone who tried it, who liked it, it was even more of a boost. Like it really did help that we had such a, you know, a great product. Um, Can I stop you for one yeah, second? So let, uh, yeah. let me ask, how did you do that testing? Was it friends and family? Was it sampling mm-hmm. going around and sampling to people? What did you do to kind of make sure, yeah, it worked for you both, but did it work for everybody else? A little bit of both. I think we did. We did a lot of friends and family, um, and also we, and also sampling. Okay, so you get your packaging. I'm sure you went through variations of putting it all together uh, and all the marketing pieces. Has it been an evolution? I mean, you have some beautiful marketing pieces, and what's been the evolution? And I love. I always, with the brands that I work with, I always am so passionate about storytelling and making sure that the consumer sees there's real people behind the brand, uh, especially for the 50 plus consumer, the female consumer. I think that this is a huge proponent of why we buy things. Yeah. That component. was one part that we did not feel comfortable with. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. We only did it because people kept telling us we should do it and we really <laughs> needed to, to put our faces out there, but we did not want to, you know, we were happy being behind the scenes and letting this brand take it, take on, you know, its own, but we, we get it. You know, we understood that it was something that we had to kind of give up and figure out how to become comfortable with it. Even, I think if you had told us two years ago that we would be doing a podcast like this, we, you know, we both say no. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. And so when it comes to the brand and the marketing, that's really where, you know, Grace got to be super creative and that's where her genius like played a huge role. And so uh, I think you asked about the evolution of the marketing. And so Grace, if you want to talk about that for a moment. Yeah. And, you know, we talked, we talked a lot about it. We looked at a lot of brands. We went to stores and and took photos of shelves. Um, We knew we wanted it. We knew it had this luxurious feel to it. Um, we wanted to create And it smells so that, delicious. Every night when I put was, it on, my daughter's like, you. you smell so good. <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. That was part of it too. You know, the first iteration did, did not have, you know, such a, a, a nice scent. And we really wanted it to feel like a complete experience. And that was part of the brand we wanted to, to put out there as well. So we wanted the packaging to sort of evoke that feeling of, um, of luxury and feeling good and treating yourself and caring for yourself and caring for your skin. And, you know, we didn't want to be too, you know, feminine. We wanted it to feel natural, but, but of a qual of a quality of a high That's quality. Interesting that you say you didn't want it to feel too feminine. I didn't even think about that, but I, as I look at the bottle, it doesn't have a feminine feel to it in the pack. I don't have the packaging next to me, but it's a beautiful cardboard cylinder. kind of yeah, mm-hmm. cylinder. And it doesn't feel super feminine, which so many products can. So they automatically exclude the male. I mean, they don't, but the the visual of yeah. it does. So that's really interesting that you were aware of that. Well, Christy's husband was using it every day, right? He was stealing yours. He uses all of it. I mean, he he uses it much more quickly than I do. And he's putting it in his hair. And, <laughs> and like, hey. <laughs> So the yeah. marketing evolution. So yeah. uh, it sounds like the first marketing hurdle you had to get over was putting your face 
on packaging and messaging. Um, And that that photo, I I just want to share. Um, We went to an avocado farm in California together. And that was, I think the week of our launch, we went there, didn't we, Grace? Yes. And we took a photographer and um, we went to a farm in in, um, like Southern California. And our photographer was really afraid of heights, like afraid of heights. And what we didn't know until we got there is that the roads to get through the farm were very steep with lots of drop-offs on the side of the road. And so she was just like shaking in the backseat of the car and so concerned about, you know, her safety. And we got the most beautiful shots uh, that day. Actually, I think the the best shots we've ever gotten were that that day on the avocado farm. And so there was something just about being surrounded by avocados. It was the week of our launch. It just all felt really amazing to be there. Yeah. And do you source your avocados from California or are they sourced from all over? They are sourced from Africa, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Most organic avocado oil comes from Kenya. Oh, Isn't I did not know that. It does not come from the U.S. So even if you're buying it from the store, most likely it's not coming from the U.S. Okay. Uh, most organic avocados in the U.S. are used, uh, they're, sold, they're sold whole, like they're okay. not actually making oil from it. Okay. So marketing wise, you, what's the process that you went through and how do you, cause that's a big expense also. Well, it was uh, for us, it was, it was something we did on our own because it was something that is what we knew how to do. And so we really had to think about what, you know, the benefit was to who our audience was, what the benefit was to our audience, where they were in their Mm -hmm. sort of skincare journey. Um, and how to speak to them. And I think that, you know, we always knew that we wanted to, to target women like us. So there's, you know, in our forties and fifties, you know, you think about skincare a little bit differently and maybe are thinking about clean skincare and the ingredients that you put on your skin. So we thought this product would really speak to that audience. I think the biggest thing, the biggest struggle for us was finding photography and imagery of that audience. Which you and I have spoken about. Yeah, it's really hard, mm-hmm. and especially for small brands. And and then you start yeah. to see the same women in all. Yeah. So it really di- dilutes the authenticity of a brand. If you see somebody in a dishwasher com- ad, and then you see them in a beauty ad. So I know that you partnered right. with Don Gallagher. Is that part yeah, of your yes. strategy to really have an authentic voice? I think once we really started, so originally when we were looking at influencers, you know, the only influencers we really found were younger. So if you look at some of our marketing material from the beginning, it has a younger audience. And, you know, we got to the point where we were just really frustrated with that because it didn't feel authentic to our brand. So yeah, working with Dawn this past summer, I think we started in July working with her. She's wonderful. And she was a big fan of the oil. And so that, um, because you could talk a little bit more about how that came to be. Yeah, we we shared the product with her and she really loved it. And we just started talking about how how can we work together to get a message about our product out there, but also a message about not feeling bad about how we choose to age. Both Grace and I feel very strongly that women should be able to age the way they want versus feeling pressure from the media or from friends and family or whoever it is that we should look and feel a certain way as we get older. And that our product is one that really can help women do that because it nourishes 
the skin. It provides nutrients that the skin needs to look its best at any age. So Dawn really resonated with that message. That is one of her um, big messaging platforms as well. So it felt like a really good way to kind of launch into a, a partnership with her. We saw a lot of our competitors, you know, speaking about anti-aging and we didn't want to use that kind of phrasing, you know, like Christy said, the, the ingredients in Avoila encourage your skin to work better. They're going to work better as you age because we all age. That's what happens to us. <laughs> what yes, happens it, to our skin. It's inevitable. Right, but <laughs> it's inevitable. But you can help your skin work better as your skin is aging. And, it, you know, the avocado oil especially supports that, you know, antioxidant regeneration. And that reduces the effects of aging on the skin. But it's about helping your skin act more like it used to act when you're younger, but it's, it's, we're not, it's not anti-aging. It's just like Chrissy said, looking the best you can look at any age. Well, I think the visuals, and this is, we'll, we'll go into using the 50 plus 40 plus understanding the consumer, talking to the consumer, representing her, showing visuals and narratives that are authentic around that because so few brands are doing that currently. And we're served with so many anti-aging messages that it really resonates with a consumer, the 40 plus consumer, where when she sees someone that looks like her and it gives her that permission to think about the possibilities of positive aging and to think, oh, I don't have to get rid of my wrinkles, but you know, maybe if I nourished my skin better and someone's talking to me, they're not talking yeah. to a 20 year old and I'm supposed to fit my face into that. It's a big difference. And have you gotten feedback about that or... What's been the conversation around using an older model? Yeah, we haven't really gotten feedback outside of friends and family. Um, people haven't really commented on that. But you know, I think Grace and I are always talking about reaching out to customers, reaching out to other women that are in our target audience set to get their point of view on it. And it's something that we did all the time in our you know, former careers, right? That was a, such an important part of the process of creating advertising for, you know, a community. We haven't had the budget to put into market research specifically. So then we do grassroots market research with friends, family, and within our, you know, our follower groups on Facebook and Instagram. And then we also participate in some Facebook groups where we can kind of see what the pain points are for people mm-hmm. and try to really help them through those issues. So yeah, we were, we are very open to feedback on the brand and our messaging and the way that we use or work with somebody like John, because we, we want to learn and we want to always get better. Let's talk about the, the marketing, the changes in marketing with social media and how that's, I think great for small brands because it's affordable and it really does connect with a community more directly than say print or TV or radio? Have you found that you're having to educate yourself in social media? And what's that process been like? We've received quite the education in social media. <laughs> it's <laughs> been a long... Yeah, right. I think we all have. Road. It's like step up, figure it out and get out of your own way. It's like nobody else knows how to do it either. Just figure it out. <laughs> Well, there there have been times in the process that for both of us that we were like, okay, we're done. We're not doing social media anymore. It's just frustrating because things change all the time. It, it is a great way to connect with your audience, but it's also really difficult to figure out that algorithm and yeah. to have that success there. 
yeah, it's been a challenge. We still, we're still doing it. We're out there. We're, it's a place for us to be our authentic selves, which is great. But as far as um, advertising marketing tool, it continues to be a beast. Yeah. <laughs> it has its pros and cons, but mm-hmm. um, I definitely think women are seeking. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just think that women are really seeking out people like you, that your story, and this is why I do this podcast, because to hear that you didn't have the knowledge but did it anyway and figured it out. We all need that inspiration. Uh, And so social media is really the way that women are finding out about brands like you. They're finding out about other women doing things differently. So I encourage you to keep pushing through social media because that's where the women are are really looking for this messaging. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing social media has pushed us to do is look for other partnerships you know, look for someone like yourself, look for um, like Susan Feldman in the groove. You know, we found her because of social and other people because of, you found us through social, right? Yeah. I saw you doing an Instagram live, I think. Yeah. And so it, it does connect us with great people that we want to do more with and that we can, you know, help each other spread our messages out there. Well, and I think that's the thing that social media gives those women starting out or trying to figure it out. You can DM anybody. They may not respond to you, yeah. but they may. And, yeah. and it's such this yeah. authentic engagement that, you know, to say to somebody, Hey, I saw your Instagram live. I'm really inspired by your product and what you're doing. Can we chat? Uh, mm-hmm. If someone's starting or someone's trying to build a business, they're looking for good partners, like you said. So I really encourage women to do that. But talk about the partnership okay. because you're a part of the conscientious clean beauty, the pop-up and the box. So yes. that's a partnership that I think is unique. Are you still part of that or what's your process? And tell people about that. Yeah, we are. It's fantastic. So it's a conscious beauty collective and it's a, a right now it's a pop-up store in Boston and it's uh, it's there in outside of Boston in Natick in, um, in the mall there. And so we have a great little setup, so many really wonderful brands, a lot of clean beauty, a lot of all independent, a lot of female founders. And uh, we're just so thrilled to be a part of it. And it's, it's there through the end of December. It's sort of the brainchild of, uh, Lynn, 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 Lynn Power. Power. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lynn Power, in fact, we're doing an Instagram live with she and a couple of the gals. Um, but is are the boxes Wonderful. still? Is this still an an asset that or something that somebody can buy? Which I think is a great idea. Yeah. I think Lynn said she still has some, but we'll put it up yeah. in the show notes. But it's a great way for someone to get um, to try something because it's mm-hmm. a big ask. Some of these products are expensive, and it's hard to buy and spend all this money. But if you can get a smaller sample of it and try it, it's a great introduction to some clean beauty products. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a giveaway going on. The other thing I would say is if you're unsure how to find indie brands or you, you want to support indie brands that are clean, that are socially conscious, looking at the um, Conscious Beauty Collective Instagram, you will find all of the brands that are participating. Because sometimes, you know, it's time consuming to find brands that have these values. And um, knowing that you can go to one place and explore all the brands that kind of fit those criteria is really helpful. You know, I, every time I see another celebrity skincare brand or beauty brand, 
and launch, I just cringe and it, you know, just creates a little bit of smoke in my, you know, coming out of my ears because it's, it's easy. It seems easy for them to mm-hmm. launch a brand and they immediately have a following and, and sales that, you know, go along with that. But indie brands struggle to find their following to build awareness because we only have so much money to create that awareness, right? And we talked about being self-funded and now almost all of our our money goes to marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. And I will include the Conscientious Beauty Instagram and how they can purchase on the show notes so people can find that. So what's next for you? And also where can people find you? Is there a product? Is there a body oil coming? Maybe. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wish I could put this on my body, but I can't. I don't want to waste it. <laughs> you know, if, if I were you, or, or I'll tell you what I do, you know, you could add a little to an, to an oil, to avocado oil and okay. body, right? So mm-hmm. if you want to, you, you want your avo law to go a little further on your body, that's one way to do it. Grace and I have a couple of other formulas that we want to manufacture. The big question in our minds is when is the right time to put large chunk of our budget into doing that? Because it is expensive to manufacture. It's also very expensive to purchase the, um, the packaging. So when are we going to divert money from our face oil and put it into other products? Um, Maybe that's when an investor comes into play. Maybe not. Maybe the face oil is helping us fund that. So we're working through that. Um, We also have some other business challenges that are, you know, coming our way. Our our fulfillment house just told us they're closing down. So we have to think about what are we going to do next? Are we going to move our business to another fulfillment house? Are we going to ship from our homes? You know, what are we going to do? So we have some things to kind of work through. It's also coming up on the holiday season, right? So we're hoping this will be the biggest time of our year. It yeah. has been the last couple of years. Um, Avola has been a great gift. People love giving it to their friends and family. And we so appreciate that people do that. So, you know, we're, we're really busy right now. If people want to find us to buy, they can buy on our website, which is avola.com. And I'm, I'm sure you'll put that in the notes as yes. well. And you can also find us on Amazon. Oh, great. And how has that experience been for you? Because we've talked to some people that have, are on Amazon. Has it been a good experience? It's still too early to say. We okay. launched our Amazon store um, in first quarter. We struggled a lot with that decision. We And that's why it took us so long after we launched to, to actually go onto Amazon. We felt like it disconnected us from our customers and would be harder to convey our brand kind of vision on Amazon. But I think now there's so many creative opportunities within their stores to make sure you can communicate what it is you want to communicate about the brand and try to make a connection there. So it's been something, but um, you know, there's a ton of skincare on Amazon, just like there is every else. And so that's where we're competing with And They have their own algorithm of when do they show our product versus another face oil that might be much cheaper, you know, and, and if you don't know our values or understand the quality of our product, you might choose that cheaper product over ours. So we're still working through um, how to create some success on Amazon. 
Yeah, in the end, we really, we wanted to, we know that some people like the convenience of buying on Amazon and the opportunity to have the, the prime shipping. And so we, yeah. we wanted to make sure that we were out there for those people. And we've had some pushback. Some people are like, why are you on Amazon? You know, it's not, you can't make everybody happy, but, um, you know, we hope that being in more places really just helps um, people understand the kind of product we are and, and adopt it into their lives. Well, it's been really interesting talking to you and I love hearing the journey of the business because I there's many women sitting out there with the kernel of an idea in their head and not this not the um permission or to think about doing it. So, I love that you shared your story and good to see you both. Thanks. And I look forward to hopefully collaborating together and I really applaud your inclusion of the 40 and 50 plus woman because she wants to be included. She's out there. And so I and now using the product myself, it's a fantastic oil that I look forward to putting Thank on my you. skin every night and patting it in gently and not rubbing it as I used to do with all my product. I'm just going to pat it in nicely and be kind to myself. So absolutely. You got it. That's amazing. Thank you so much for having us. It's been lovely talking to you. It's been great talking to you guys. And I look forward to the next product. Thank you. We'll think about that body oil. Yes. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on all of our guests, go to brand50.com, where you'll find show notes and other resources to help guide you through the next exciting phase of your life. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, along with other platforms, and write us a review while you're there. You can also sign up for our email list on our site, to get the latest podcast updates. We promise you won't get a constant barrage of emails from us and you can bet we'll protect your privacy as well. You can also follow us on social media accounts listed on our site. Thank you for listening.